You're listening to the Owls AmeriCast, sponsored by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow live match streaming service. Sign up now at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. Patty, you don't want to hear more about Gray's Athletic? No, I do not want to hear about Gray's. <laughs> They're a fascinating you try, team. You just try to put off the Birmingham preview. They're in the Isthmian League North Division. The pronunciation of Isthmian is much better than I thought it would be. Yeah. I've had a few beers, so that's why. <laughs> They're managed by Jim Cooper, who does not have a Wikipedia page. Stop it. Always a good sign. I'm glad this is off record. I'm trying to see if there's anybody here in their... They don't even have a listing for their current squad. They had a, they had their leading scorer in 2013 to 2014 in the Isthmian League Premier Division is Jao Carlos, which is, like, do they have an actual, like... Yeah, they have an actual Portuguese player. He's still with Gray's Athletic. Jeff, it is 10.20 p.m. <laughs> He's been with Gray's Athletic for six 10, years. 10.20 we can do this in five minutes he's a winger uh. <laughs> this is kind of fascinating to me we should do a whole podcast about this you can do that on your own all right fine this is obscure five, championship football it's not even championship it's semi-professional portuguese it's me, uh, it's me and Lee. wow yeah five four three two I guess I can, can't really take a fourth week off from the Owls Americas. Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. Uh, and I would rather be on the beach. It looks like most of the Wednesday players would as well. So in that spirit, I made myself a uh, daiquiri. Did my little riff. It's with uh, Stiggy's pineapple rum and green chartreuse instead of simple syrup. Just to make it a little more bitter, a little more herbaceous. Much like uh, the recent Wednesday performances. And joining me this week to discuss them first in New Jersey, a man who only holds bitterness in his heart <laughs> for quality European pop music. It's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Uh, um, I'm actually holding a quality of uh, European lager in my hand right now. Uh, I'm back on the Stella. I'm, I'm trying not to dr- drink so much at home this year uh, in another of my wild efforts to... Um, <laughs> to lose weight um but uh yeah it's my last beer in the house so stella it is also on the show out in ohio it's evan skelter evan what are you drinking yes yeah, so i'm also trying to lose weight uh, which is why i'm just sticking with uh a small glass of bourbon uh tonight it's e.h <laughs> taylor small batch good choice colonel which is a wonderful pour um, it's also necessary to drink the hard stuff to get through this podcast and this entire season, really. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll review the Reading game, cover the Wednesday news. We have a much triumphant return of dispatches from American soccer. We'll talk with our, our cohorts in Owldom out in Omaha, Nebraska, Luke and Pat, about their new USL1 team. And then we'll pre- preview Birmingham away, because apparently there's another game this weekend. Uh, but we'll start with, of course, 90 minutes and 90 seconds. No, we won't, because I'm not recapping this game. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> I turned it off after the first goal. So, Patty, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> oh, dear, it's already going to shit. Um, well, I don't know. Where do you start? I, I put defensive errors in here, but... um. Uh, we'll start with Urugi Day and his first feel, yellow card. I feel bad for him because uh, it was an incredibly soft yellow. The ref wasn't great in the 18 minutes I saw. But as soon as he got that soft yellow, I'm just like, he's getting sent off in the second half. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. You could just tell. Yeah, it was that kind of youthful inexperience that we we, we kind of applauded for his first yeah. few games. There's that kind of like uh, uh, gay abandon that he throws to like pushing forward and uh, kind of getting uh, tackles in, but unfortunately, this is the bad side of his experience. Is that he, he made a couple of clumsy challenges. The first yellow card 
uh, basically tripping someone up with his, with his arms as they're trying to escape him. And the second one was, was a clumsy lunge. Um, I think maybe the first one, some referees might have turned their eye and maybe the second one, some referees might give him a, a kind of warning if, he's, if he knows a I young I did not think kid. the first one was a yellow at all. But. Well, it's an it's a obvious attempt at stopping a play happening when he's out of position. So I, I, I don't know. The ref did well to spot it, if I'm honest with you, because it was kind of like turning away from the play. So I don't want to talk about just about Origide. I think, um, like I say, put down to the experience. Guy had a bit of a, a shocker. Um, I think I want to call out Iorfa as well. We've said he's one of the best players this season, uh, previously in the podcast. Uh, and he's going through another, not another, he's going through a, a patch at the moment which seems to... Uh, he seemed to evade any kind of control over his legs. Um, when he comes anywhere near him, he just bounces off a shin or a knee uh, or a toe, and he can't control it, and it just leads to disaster usually. And that's what happened with the um, the penalty, obviously, in the 90th minute. Uh, it kind of fucked up the control. It went to a guy, and he chased after it, and he, he fouled the guy trying to get him back. Yes, yeah, so I, I broadcast a lot of high school basketball, uh, at least two or three games a week. And what... What Iorfa reminds me of is one of those like six foot seven freshmen that run out there and have not grown into their body yet. And like they can't catch a pass. They can't drive to the hoop. Like their best bet is to stand under the basket and just get a tip in because as soon as they like turn around to, to chase the ball, they're tripping over their own feet. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they trip when you know they can't stop. They they run into walls. They just they have not grown into their body yet. And uh, Iorfa is exactly that man. He's so clumsy. Um, it didn't yeah. used to be though. Well, no, you're you... right. I'm trying to figure out when this even started. I mean, because... he always has that kind of like it can look awkward at times, but it just works. Like he like can faint play. Like it's a little bit like a Lucas Zhao kind of thing where it looks clumsy, but. It's like kind of like a Jackie Chan drunken master. Like he can evade guys. He's <laughs> kind of like, you know, slinky going forward. He can make a guy miss and pick out a nice pass. I make, he's entitled, I'd say he's entitled to have a few bad games. I don't want to kill Iorfa here. Um, they've, you know, Monk has experimented with the back four. And I experimented, but he's shifted guys in and out in recent weeks. You know, Iorfa's been playing some right back as well. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around, and I mean, it's just a goddamn tire fire up and down the team, but he had a bad game, and he's had more, that's been happening with more frequency with a lot of players recently, but Iorf is certainly going to be a guy that when he has a bad game, it's going to stand out because we need him in Burner or him in Lees when they're paired at the back to really hold the line to keep us from you know conceding three goals against fucking Reading. Evan your talking point is fucking what else is there to say <laughs> this should be good I'm looking forward to this one yeah there's not even a rant this time I yeah. mean I just I, I watched I did watch the entire first half yeah. um, then at halftime easily got distracted and, and went off and did something else I think I was just I think I had breakfast and maybe I was watching. I don't even know. Who knows what I was doing? And that before I knew it, it was like 35 minutes later, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll turn this turn this match back on, see see how we're doing. And um, I think we were down two nil at that time, and I kept watching. And then finally, maybe six or seven minutes into me watching, realized that we didn't have enough people on the pitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes the way they play. So. Yeah, yeah, certainly were, uh, or certainly <laughs> is. But um, so at that point, I'm like, okay, well, we're clearly not gonna come back in this match. So I turned it off again, uh, and I know that's terrible for for someone that's on a podcast fairly regularly um, talking about this club, but not as regularly I mean, recently. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, it's just two weeks in a row, which is good for me. Yeah. Um, but my goodness, it, it's just it's frustrating to watch. It, it is a team that that lacks purpose. Um, I don't know. It, there, I, I feel like we we hit a, a stretch like this at least once a season, um, and maybe not quite as bad as 
as this run of, of matches has been. But we hit a patch where you can see it in the players. You can see it in the effort. Um, you know, just everyone's kind of down. They're frustrated. Uh, uh, you know, one poor pass. You can see the body language of players just kind of drop. And that turns into two bad passes, three bad passes. And, um, you know, players playing for themselves, taking bad shots. It, it just... Overall, um, I'm, I'm trying to find a player on the pitch uh, that that really looks like number one, he he's playing well, and number two, he really wants to be out there. I've um I've got an answer. I've got an answer for you. Uh, I think Kareem Harris uh, had a good game yeah. on Saturday, and I, I'll say that again. I think uh, Murphy has been probably our better player over the last six weeks. Uh, consistently when he's come on the pitch. I know he did like half an hour on Saturday, but uh, I, I was slugging him off most of the first half of the season. But Jacob Murphy looks direct. Uh, he looks like he's trying to make things happen. Um, so for me, I think we need to go back to the two wingers of Harris and, and uh, Murphy, and uh, hopefully the rest of the team can uh, <laughs> pick up the socks. I, I like that you said that, actually. That's a good point, and I do appreciate that about both of them. Um, I think, you know, when we put both of them out there at the beginning of the season, they both played well, specifically Harris, right? He, he was, uh, I remember the first couple podcasts, we couldn't say enough uh, about how great he'd been playing. And, you know, seeing him speed down the left, cut back into the inside, create chances, score goals, whatever. And all of a sudden he fell out of favor. And, again, with the majority of these players, it seems like they just – uh, instead of trying to get their spot back, they just turned to shit. But uh, Harris and Murphy both, like you're absolutely right. They've come in uh, late in matches sometimes, and, and they definitely do look energetic. They're chasing balls down, um, and they're playing hard. So, yes, I stand corrected. Very good, Patty. Uh, now name a third. <laughs> I mean, you Double can shit. look at, like, uh, Harris, I know he got, like, a little injury in there somewhere, too, and... They're trying to work in, you know, it's trying to reach Murphy and Harris at the same time was problematic. But like, and yes, Harris is very much just a direct left winger that wants to cut in. It's like the mirror image of Iron Robin or whatever. But he gives them an actual outlet, and he's actually direct. The thing that's frustrated me the most in recent weeks is just the midfield passing it sideways or backwards and not really having the. Like, look, Harris is going to do what he's going to do, but he's going to win some corners. You know, he'll cut inside and he'll get a cross in, he'll win a corner, he'll cut inside and take a shot on the right foot. Like, it just gives them an actual attacking option while the rest of the team seems fine just sort of playing it back to the center backs if they are even vaguely threatening to move forward. And that brings me to my talking point, which is just, you know, I'm just, the worst thing you can be about a sports team is apathetic. We podcasted through the dregs of the Carlos era, the dregs of the Joss era. And at this point, I'm just like, I knew we had a game on Saturday. Literally no no idea who we were playing because I didn't do the podcast last week. Woke up. Oh, it's Reading. Hmm. Seems winnable. Ah, 4-4-2. That makes sense. Even they can't screw that up. And sure enough, then they screwed it up. And here we are doing uh, doing a podcast about it. And it's just frustrating to me because it's like Wednesday's always been just sort of a part of my Saturday morning. I, you know, either I'm in the city for a meetup or I wake up, I make my coffee, a little breakfast, sit down at the computer, pop the game up on iFollow. It's just like, yeah, it's up and down. It's not always the greatest viewing experience in the world. The team can ruin your weekend by noon on a Saturday. But I don't feel a connection with this squad right now. And it's a problem. Like they don't even seem to put in the baseline of effort playing 4-4-2. It's just, and we can get into, you know, whose fault that is. And, you know, we don't have James here because James is, international man of mystery and is traveling somewhere to sort of come in here and tell you that the squad needs to be cleaned out. But we've been saying that for, for close to a year now. And I mean, eventually at some point it probably will happen, maybe even in the summer, but until then we're 
stuck watching these games because we can't stop doing it at least until the first goal goes in. I think the the whole idea of a clear out um, is weighing heavy on a lot of people's shoulders. There's nine people that are in and out of the first team, which are almost certainly not going to get a contract renewed next year. Now that that can affect a player in one of two ways. One, they could try and play their hearts out to try and get a new contract or get a contract with another club after this one ends. Or they can just throw their hands up in the air and say, fuck it. And unfortunately for the mentality of our players, we appear to have a lot of people just throwing their hands in the air and say, fuck it, I don't care anymore. Um, so that's a massive problem we've got. We've also got the problem of the potential deduction of uh, points. So no matter how hard they play or how well they do, they're going to be in a relegation fight by the end of it. So again, throw your hands up in the air and say, fuck it. Um, it's, and then you've got the battle of just, I don't know, injuries affecting the lineups you can put out. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's just an absolute mountain to climb at the moment. I mean, even and, beyond Fletcher, this squad is crying out for Luongo and, dare I say it, Morgan Fox. So. <laughs> Player of the Month, Morgan Fox. Player of the Month, Morgan Fox. I guess that we can transition to the Wednesday news now. Morgan Fox, who was injured for a fair chunk of said month, one player of the month. Again. That's how bad our squad's been. A guy that played like two of seven matches <laughs> in a month is the player of the month. And and I'm, I'm probably exaggerating there. But um, <clears throat> yeah, he, he's played well. He's one of those guys that... I think has responded well to adversity. He's responded well to, and this this goes back two or three seasons where uh, everyone's slating him and and uh, calling for him to just get chopped up and and left on the street, right? Um, and he's just continued to play hard. He goes to work, puts on his hard hat, and, and does his job, and he he does so well, and he's done it with a great attitude, I think. Um, and, and I think he's really come around pretty much to the entire fan base. It, it's weird. I, I can't think of another player. Have you ordered has... your uh, Morgan Fox jersey yet? No, I'm still content with with my Liam Palmer autograph. Captain shirt Liam Palmer, there. not the uh, best Captain game Liam to be Palmer. the uh, yeah. your first captaincy. Yeah, poor guy. But uh, but yeah, and just I, I'm proud of Fox, and and I hope that when he comes back, and and even when Fletcher comes back, which we'll get we'll get to soon, I hope that when he comes back, there's a little bit of a spark, and uh, people maybe see his work ethic and. Um, he can he can pick up some of the slack that that's been left. Well, Fox is uh, famously been called a warrior by Gary Monk. So, <laughs> I mean, there's not many of the players in this current squad that Monk's called a warrior. So, we definitely need that warrior spirit uh, from Fox when he gets back in the team. Captain Morgan Fox. <laughs> we'll be playing eleven Morgan Foxes. We'll be singing the Roland Nielsen song about Morgan Fox by the end of the year. <laughs> Speaking of Stephen Fletcher, he is on track for a March return which is probably going to be a little bit too late, Patty. <laughs> I mean, anything's better than this. But... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, along with... I mean, Fletcher's obviously the player we missed the most in this, this period. Um, we mentioned it a couple of times uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, the good news is that the injury isn't as bad as uh, first thought. And uh, I looked at the website earlier on today, and he said that it's back early March, which is in like two weeks' time. So I'm counting down the days... Um, to get him back in that lineup because Man City he just FA makes things Cup. click. Oh, I imagine that back <laughs> in the side, hat trick. <laughs> um, yeah, so can't wait for it. Hopefully, he'll actually come straight back into the team and gets back into the uh, scoring purple patch he was on before he left. One senior player that will not be returning to the squad anytime soon appears to be Kieran Westwood. There's been dueling statements this week. Gary Monk went out to the media and sort of clarified that Karen Westwood and Sam Hutchinson are not in his plans and are now training with the under-23s. And Karen Westwood issued a statement of his own, basically saying, that's all bollocks. Um, uh, can I start with a question? Sure. Has he been uh, selected as the backup keeper in the recent matches? Uh, I, no. I literally don't know. No, it's been uh, Wildsmith. So Wildsmith is healthy. Yes. Yep. Well, he's okay. got a man bun. I'm not sure he's healthy mentally, at least. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Mental health awareness. Football yeah. mental health. Double also, as someone that can put their hair up in a man bun now, Patty, I feel personally attacked. 
<laughs> yeah, but you choose not to. No. Yeah. <laughs> so um, far. Maybe for your Mika concert, you'll put in a man bun. We'll get to that at the end of the show. I, I have some questions for you. You're going to a Mika concert? <laughs> Look, that's... Yes. I think I know one Mika song. Everyone knows one, one Mika, Mika song, song. yes. Right, Apparently, right. Jeff said there's more than one. Yes, there is. Yeah. At least I think like five albums, Patty. Loop for an hour. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, the Westwood statement, I mean, good for him. It, you know, he, he's an adult. He doesn't need the negativity in his life. You know, he, I think he's probably getting toward the end of his career. So, um, you know, he makes a statement that's cool and all. Uh, and, and I truly do hope that, that he is mentally healthy and that this has helped him. Um, I don't I don't know if it's going to do anything for the club and, and our performance. Um, it but, stops the rumors, right? And that's what I think this is meant to do. So it you, stops the rumors for him, but but I, I would, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think the, the rumors about Hutchinson are, are the the ones that are, are the most concerning. The ones about him punching Monk. <laughs> yeah, just the, you know, he's literally got locker room issues with our our manager he's a player that we could probably use on the pitch but uh, there's something going on there but you, you say so i think west probably got more stick from fans or at least accusations from fans than hutchinson has and they were singing is, his name a week ago yeah yeah i feel like kieran's probably got a, a, a worse reputation with the fans than hutchinson even though it's still good i would say i, I think mm-hmm. i was still relatively surprised by this uh, comment from Westwood because um, he says he's been attacked online, rumors and lies, accusations about me online. Um, so for me, I'm just glad that he's said this. It might not be entirely true. <laughs> that might have <laughs> <enough>. I <laughs> but I mean, in a day, it's it's it's, uh, it's enough for me to put this to bed and stop pissing about with these stupid backroom kind of rumors that we hear. Speaking of rumors, Patty. <laughs> Oh, uh, you are linktastic today. Yeah, EF. Oh, arbitration rumors. How many points are we losing? ITK <laughs> account, Patty A. Jones. <laughs> well, I was looking at because all of the uh, Wednesday news this week was not on the official Wednesday website. It's <laughs> 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 all unofficial How rumors. How did the under-23s do? I didn't even look before I started recording. <laughs> no cares. I'll pull that up uh, while you're talking about it. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so EFL, um, so someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, Said that the lawyer involved in arbitration in our arbitration case had closed the his dealings with it or something like that. They found a website online that said he'd no longer part of that arbitration case. Never so they a good assumed, sign. Yeah, so they assumed that that arbitration was finished, but then Could also mean that he's resigned from handling the arbitration. But then the staff followed that up with another report uh, that said actually it's still going on, um, but we don't know anything about it. So uh, that was one rumor about the arbitration being finalized an announcement in a minute the other rumors are going around about how much uh, people know in the club about what's been said so i've heard on twitter people saying it's 12 points deduction um someone else uh, on twitter said it's 12 points this season and nine points next which just seems insane <laughs> to be punished in two seasons i'd rather get probably better than way. getting 21 this season though really though i yes, mean that's because they and there's value to the club to be vaguely able to stay up this year and next year. Well, well, yeah, but I, I feel you like we've we, 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 two seasons. Look, we start. I will drag James out of whatever <laughs> European country he is in to preview like Stevenage and MK Dons, so we can get the full uh, <laughs> the full smell town in England city slagging well, effect. But yeah, <laughs> I. I th- to be fair, looking at exactly the table now, the last time I would I calculated a twenty-one point deduction, we were doing pretty well. Uh, that would nowadays would put us bottom of the league and pretty much relegated. Yes. Yeah. So maybe I'd have to bite the bullet and say, okay, split it over two seasons, please. But I mean, I'm, I can't see uh, the other clubs being happy with that. It seems a completely bizarre uh, proposition. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think so we'll twelve points get... still keep us ahead of Burrow at least. <laughs> It'll put us... the last game of the season. So. It would not put up it. would be literally one point off of Wigan uh, outside the relegation zone. Mm. Uh, so maybe, maybe that will motivate the players to play better. <laughs> Who knows? But we've got a terrible running to the end of the season. After this like easy running we had, which we've lost all the games for, <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've got some of the best teams in the league after this. So. Yeah, it's great. 
Yeah. Well, Barry, Barry Bannon's barber's sister's wife, um, her her ex husband is actually my neighbor's uh, chess partner. <laughs> they play weekly. Well, they and say. and my neighbor actually said, "Yeah, we're we're looking at a, a minus thirty deduction over thirty years." Yeah. So. Uh, all things considered, minus one point a year is not too bad. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, th- that's a good source as well. So uh, take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I've heard. Don't shoot the messenger. For the record, the Wednesday under 23s beat Barnsley this week 2-0. Fraser Preston on the brace. Sweet. Are we doing better in the under 23 league than we are in real life? Probably not. In real <laughs> life. You know... Here's a, here's an actual question uh, about young players. You know, some of our, most of our uh, veteran players have been playing like shit and don't act like they want to be out there. Uh, when is it time to inject a little youth into the squad? Press you know, throw, throw Preslav out there. <laughs> give Alex, Alex Hunt a run. Um, you know, your Giddy's already had some some time out there. Uh, Fraser Fraser Preston. Yeah, same. Uh, let's see it. Like let's yeah. let's put some young players in the in the squad maybe just for one match see how it goes you can't get any worse you literally can't get worse so speaking of young players evan since patty didn't check the actual website for news <laughs> i went ahead and did that uh great opportunity you can lead out the owls versus man city in the fa cup 22 young players uh i love how they how they actually present this too because uh a fantastic opportunity for 22 young supporters to be official player escorts when Wednesday take on Manchester City in the FA Cup fifth round next month. It is a fantastic opportunity to lead them out. The only problem is they then have to watch the game afterwards. And also it's Chan Series, so I, I, are they charging people for this? <laughs> How much? No, it's you have to enter into it. It's a free draw. It's a lottery, essentially. Oh, wow. What's the, what's the age cutoff? Where do I apply? Between 5 and 12. And do I get to wear a... Oh. It's open to all, right. all junior season ticket holders and junior out. So your your first problem, Evan, is you're taller than Barry Bannon, so that'll be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, shoot. Yeah. I was thinking maybe if I got to wear a full kit, I'd be all the way in. The player escorts will be chosen at random by two members of the first team squad who will take part in FA Cup-style draw to be shown at the club's social media channels. Well, then I have a chance because I'm sure two members of the senior quad have a chance to fuck up the drawing. So, of course, to Pat, to Patty's point, each winner must have an Owls kit to wear on the evening and a ticket to the game already. That is hilarious. That, that buy your own ticket. Well, if they can't afford their own ticket and they get what they win. Mm, no. That is ridiculous. You already have to have a ticket. Mm. So, we'll probably only have like nine junior owls leading our club out <laughs> there's an opportunity for you then uh evan Basically, yes, can, can a by 28 year old be a standby how about we take a break <laughs> take a short break and we come back we'll talk with our friends from the who gives a hoot podcast out in omaha nebraska It's back by popular demand. Probably. I don't check the email that often. But it's Dispatches from American Soccer. And a few months ago, we mentioned on the podcast that there was another team with a very distinctive owl logo started up in Omaha, Nebraska. Called Union Omaha. And we've uh, got the host of their podcast, Who Gives a Hoot? on the show to try to form some uh, owl coalitions. It's Luke and Pat. Guys, how's it going? Not doing too bad. Uh, it's you know, great, to ha- great to be on here. You know, great to meet some Wednesdayites, some foul owl, owl bros. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. So for, uh, for our listeners that might not be familiar with your upstart club, who are Union Omaha and how did you end up with the owl logo. So Union Omaha is a brand new club. We actually played our first club friendly Sunday um, in the USL one, uh, which is the third tier of US soccer. Um, 
as far as we've been told going through a the whole club process of bringing the club into existence the ownership group created focus groups all sorts of things about trying to find the you know coolest logo they could um they came to you know all sorts of conclusions and ultimately the owl seemed like the the best description of you know fierceness as well as you know wisdom and you know that we that our club's ownership wanted and we've certainly latched onto it as supporters because it no it, it's a great great owl <laughs> No, um, we had on um, just a couple episodes ago our uh, CEO and managing partner, Gary Green, and he was telling us this wild story of how he met with a bunch of designers and um, they, they were talking about, you know, maybe putting on an animal on the crest. And they're like, well, the state bird is the meadowlark, but if anything, you should have the great horned owl because the owl is like one of the very few of its species to have at least killed someone. <laughs> you know, it's very fierce. It's very, you know, it's very direct. It's very strong. And that's kind of the approach they wanted to take with the crest in the club. Well, I'm glad that's at least great. one, they, uh, I'm uh, glad uh, at least one team uh, with the owl logo will be fierce and show wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're certain, we certainly need reminded of that, I suppose at the club. Right now, so um, so before this club, what was the nearest professional soccer team to Omaha? Professional, um, our closest team is Sporting Kansas City, previously Kansas City Wizards, previously the KC Wiz um, of Major League Soccer. They're about two and a half hours down the road um, from us, which not crazy distance, but after uh, one heck of a home game, you're not sure you want to drive that back. So having right. having professional soccer right here, it's huge. So, so what was the soccer scene like in Omaha then? I mean, how did how did someone figure out a soccer club would work pretty well here in this city? Well, we're a metro population of just shy of a million, probably going to hit a million with the census. Um, so not a tiny speck in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we have a number of colleges which have very successful Division One programs. The local soccer scene um, at the youth level has been very successful for a number of years. Um, it's We've put players all throughout the country um, at the MLS level, some internationally, and it seemed like the right time for soccer to get a professional home here in Omaha. Um, as far as our soccer scene on any given Saturday morning um, at a number of bars throughout the city, you can find supporters groups ranging from three people all watching their uh, EPL team to 15 people watching their Bundesliga team to around 150 supporting a, another English Premier League team. No, it, it's very, very grassroots and expansive here. Didn't American Outlaws start somewhere in Nebraska? It, they did. They started off in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln. Okay. Yep, and then moved their way up to Omaha and then eventually dispersed throughout the country. Yep. And nice. for people back home, American Outlaws are the U.S. national team support group, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, cool. So I, I want to put this into more context for people back home because uh, I feel like the 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 idea of a new club does not exist <laughs> in England, right? Because I, I think England's club started being built 150, 200 years ago. Um, that's when professional start happening that there. So this is what I want to put into context for people back home. Is that, so Omaha uh, just got their first professional club. The nearest one before that was Kansas City, which is two and a half hours, three hours away. Omaha has twice the amount of people in it than Sheffield has, right? So it's like it's like having a bigger Sheffield uh, without a professional team. The nearest one being basically London is the nearest uh, team. And London only has one team. That team is Sporting Kansas City. Uh, the second nearest team to you... Now, I did a bit of geography earlier on. Is it Colorado Rapids? Yeah. Uh, or Minnesota United. Or Minnesota. Right. So I think so, Colorado, that, that was like a nine-hour drive from you. How fast is Minnesota? Right. 
Minnesota's about five. Five and a half, six now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if we're really going pedantic, then you've also got Chicago, which is another five and a half, six hours. So. Right, okay. So, so second, third team, six-hour drives away, and your first team, three-hour drive away, and then fourth team, nine-hour drive away. Sheffield have, like, three clubs in the space yep. of about fucking, like, three miles. And then there's, like, 20 miles further out. You've got Derby, and you've got, like, Barnsley, and you've got Rotherham. It's just insane uh, that this is has taken so long to kind of, like, populate out in. in America. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to say the size of England is tiny, and the amount of clubs we have and had for such a long time uh, is it's just that's why I'm trying to get into people's brains at home. It's like a new club that is near to you is a massive thing, and it has to happen because there's such a large space to fill in America that it's taken so long to get like like. Well, and Patty, stuff. you make you make an excellent point here. You know, like it, England in terms of sports is a you know, a complete 180 to how it is in the States. You know, we have, you know, our main sports being football, basketball, baseball, you know, we've never really been a country that's been more about soccer and football. And, you know, now that we've, we have the MLS, they've been around for many, many, many years. You know, the Lamar, the Lamar Hunt Cup has been around for over a hundred years, but I mean, again, it's just really expanded to only the MLS teams. Now we're in a position where okay, the MLS is cool, but how do we ex- how do we expand U.S. soccer? How do we make it better? How do we grow the sport here? And what better way than having a completely different league of you know maybe not so professional teams, you know, but I mean at least with good talent that can make it up there, that can make it up to the even the national team level, you know. And so I think that you know, so we are in the United States. Or the United Soccer League, United Soccer League, United Soccer League, and it's you know it's obviously a tier below the MLS, but at the same time we are we're trying to grow we're trying to grow the sport and trying to get up there and you know by making all these new teams by making different leagues you know we're trying to make we're trying to make it grow so it's at least as popular as it would be in uh, England with the ever present dream of promotion relegation in the U.S. being <laughs> right. but well. One step at a time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so on on that then about building a, a club and building a fan base, how how are you doing that from scratch? It's 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 a it's a concept that doesn't I say doesn't really translate to back home in England. So how do you build a fan base for a team that has only just come into existence? How do you get that kind of passion? So, I listen to your podcast and you are passionate already about the team, <laughs> and, and it's awesome. And so I want to understand like how did you um, come to be a fan and how do you build that supporter group going on for, for that? So to give a little context of where we're from, neither of us are born and raised in Omaha. Um, I come from New England, which, you know, there's lots of ties to the UK, lots of ties to mainland Europe. um, And that soccer was ever present for me growing up. You know, those community ties there. Coming here felt kind of like a vacuum. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, for me, uh, Pro Club is announced um, that the owner of the local baseball team uh, is bought into the United Soccer League, is bringing a team to this brand new tier of U.S. soccer, and you can throw your money down for season tickets right away, which sounds like a gimmick, but when you get to be that founding member for a brand new team, seeing clubs like Sheffield Wednesday that are Sheffield Wednesday is what the third oldest professional club in the world. Uh, I think it, so. Yeah, something yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. That, I think Sheffield FC, Sheffield FC are the oldest club in the world, right? Yeah. And then Sheffield Wednesday were about yeah three or four behind them. Yeah. Yeah. So having that, like seeing how those fan groups have evolved, and you know, supporters are there. As I said, we've got. Uh, Premier League supporters in bars every every Saturday. Being able to do that, but not having to, you know, be there in the morning. You can sleep in a little bit and, you know, actually go to the games in person without buying a round trip ticket all the way to the UK. Like that's a huge thing for us. Um, And we found other people who thought the same way. People who didn't want to love the team two and a half hours away, but it's two and a half hours away. What what about this local team or love, you know, 
their team in Germany, love their team in the UK, but want something that they can take their kids to and give them the same experience as they had growing up. That's that's something that was really, really important as we kind of um, were involved with this group um, that we're both members of, uh, the Omaha Parliament. Um, Parliament being a group of owls, which you know, kind, believe, kind of fun there. I can't believe Wednesday haven't uh, happened on that uh, uh, group yet, the well, Parliament's name. I, I feel like we probably got to do a Parliament International for all the owl clubs. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just getting all these people so passionate from everywhere from the youth level to, you know, top five tier or uh, top five soccer club or leagues in the world, all wanting to see soccer succeed at the local level. Uh, you just kind of met one person, met another person. Pat and I didn't know each other particularly well until we started the pod and didn't know each other at all until the soccer club formed. So Soccer is just one of those great catalysts for bringing passionate people together and, you know, drinking a few beers and, you know, eventually we'll have the losses to, you know, lament about and the wins to celebrate. But until then, we're just going to throw as much support behind it and give our boys the chance. Yeah, I showed up to a New York Owls meetup in 2012 and I'm still stuck with all these guys. So Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, Jeff, I listened to the podcast, um, uh, I think it was the last podcast you did. It was one after the first preseason game you did. And they had 100 people at a preseason meetup in a bar for their first ever game. Um, you know, you got to raise your game, Patty. Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> like, shit, this third-tier Union Omaha has got more fans than we have in New York. And uh, Chevy West, so you're doing great, guys. So, uh, how, how have you, so is it just the fact that it's like, an exciting kind of time to be a kind of soccer fan in Omaha. You finally got your local team to sport and people are really kind of like up for this. How are you doing as far as like numbers? Have you got a stadium sorted? Uh, tickets sold? How's that going? Um, the front office as of, I believe it was Saturday, was telling us they'd had about 1,750 season tickets sold. Um, our stadium, we're playing in a baseball park that they have... Not in the same way that if you watch a NYCFC game, they're playing in the outfield. Uh, they spent a couple million dollars to convert the infield um, with a raised lower pitcher's mound so they can actually put a level playing field close to the stadium. Um, the stadium itself is about 9,000 maximum capacity. Um, we've got, I believe we're up to over 140 uh, registered supporters, uh, people who've you know, signed up, uh, joined one supporters group or the other, and are just beyond excited. We've got um, at the intro to our podcast is a, a song that's created by uh, the man who has created with a team a lot of the chants we're going to be doing on um, throughout the games. And he's just serving as our, our first capo. Uh, it's been, you know, just a whirlwind of, everything going together and you no know, it's maybe not the the greatest thing and someday we'll have our our own soccer stadium not have to share it with a baseball team but until then no we'll, we'll take what we can get the wednesday connections go beyond just the owl logo so we have a six foot seven striker called addy Newhue. you have a goalie <laughs> called new who yep um, so talk a little bit about him. Can he jump higher than Eddie Nuhio? I would hope so, since he's a keeper. <laughs> which, which the question is really, can he jump off the ground? At all? <laughs> <laughs> we we've seen very little of his jumping abilities, uh, other than the game Sunday. He was announced as our goalkeeper Saturday. Uh, that, that's that's about how we didn't have a goalkeeper uh, until Saturday. <laughs> Uh, but we can only send you Lee Bowen. <laughs> as far as we've seen his jumping ability, it's great. He played New York Red Bulls before, um, and no, is definitely definitely can jump a little bit higher than your guy. <laughs> I definitely get a new Who shirt with probably Union Omaha. I think that might be a, a top seller on Wednesday fans. Do they? I haven't seen it. They have a uh, home and away kit announced yet. Um. 
There is a home and away kit. It has not been shown to the public yet. Mm -hmm. I, as far as I know, they're waiting for someone to contribute the money to put uh, put their name on that kit. And <laughs> so, if you know anyone, feel free to give them a shout. Pat, Patty, Patty, what do we have left in the kit? How much do they want? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm hearing uh, two hundred and fifty thousand. We will uh, right. we'll pass the hat around yeah, sure? at the New Orleans yeah, meetup just, and uh... at, at your uh, at your international meetup. Yeah. You know, just start passing the passing the hat. Uh, honestly, a six pack of Newcastle would be okay too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, so so I know you, it's a third tier U.S. football, but you have all these season ticket holders already signed up. Um, what what do you anticipate? A, a match a home match day to be like are there bars around the stadium do you guys already have plans to um you know meet up at a certain bar and march in what, what are you guys can you can you tell us what you're planning so the stadium is in the burbs which kind of makes that problematic there's not a bar particularly close by however there's going to be a fantastic supporters tailgate in traditional american fashion you know, get your get your grills out, get your beers out, and from the expansive parking lot, as is the American fashion at stadiums, there'll be the march into the stadium from there. Um, I know those are all still being ironed out to the exactly how it's going to go, but you know, come end of April, we'll find out for ourselves. So it's a mix between Columbus Crew Stadium and Louisville City, right? So Louisville City, they play. Right now, they play at Louisville Slugger Park. It's it's the minor league baseball stadium. Exact same situation that you've mentioned. Uh, and Columbus Crew, their stadium's out in the middle of nowhere. It's just in a, a big old parking lot. So um, I think I think you can get something going there. I think it'll be be a lot of fun. And I think in a, a small stadium like that, the atmosphere is always a little bit cooler because I think you're a little closer yeah. to the pitch. Um, it gets a little bit more more rowdy in there. Um, so I'm. I'm certainly excited for you, but uh, what about away matches? How how are you guys able to watch matches? Are they does ESPN Plus have a deal with with mm -hmm. USL two as well? Yeah, uh, so USL one. Um, I oh, don't yeah, know. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> uh, let's not relegate yeah. them yet, Evan. <laughs> no, that's the that's the bonus. They're not going to be relegated, right? No uh, I don't know. USL's toyed with that, and we're we're hoping someday to to make it a little bit higher, but. Um, we we have the partnership with ESPN Plus uh, domestically, YouTube internationally, um, where all games will be broadcast. Uh, we have some partner bars, um, such as where we were watching on Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, Archen um, beer bar, German good German beer bar in here. Uh, that's going to have uh, t all the TVs switched over to Union Omaha games. You know, drink specials. Things to get everybody excited, uh, you know, and as well, I believe the team is setting up a, um, a pub network throughout the city to kind of get a away game watch location everywhere. Mm -hmm. What's your um, prospects for the season then, guys? Um, obviously, you are just putting a team together. They've just basically seen each other. You've got a few more preseason games left, um, and then the season starts in March, right? March 27th is our first in-season game. Um, we have a few uh, friendlies before then. Our first game was against, um, preseason game was against the Real Monarchs, who won the USL Championship last year, so the second tier. Um, so the brand new team in third tier tied the team that won second tier last year, which is not not a bad omen for us, I don't think. Uh, you know, I would have liked to have won, but uh, you know we we're undefeated. We'll, we'll say that. <laughs> uh, but we we're uh, we've sat down with the coach, we've sat down with the ownership and front office, and what they have created. Fan-wise, and what is being created on the field. Um, obviously, we're not going out and buying your top-level. Uh, you know, played in the EPL, played in Bundesliga, played in Liga. It, we're not buying those strikers. We're trying to find you know kids out of college, kids um, who've played in other lesser leagues throughout the throughout the world, 
and really create a competitive atmosphere that you know hopefully gets us noticed as we're not just the new kids out there. And to kind of follow up on Luke's point too, our biggest goal is to be number one in attendance this year. You know, we are we're ri- Nebraska is a very interesting state here in the U.S. where we are. Everyone kind of wants everyone to succeed and wants all local businesses to succeed. I mean, I mean, if you have an actress out there, you know, we get, you know, crazy because she, she has, a, you know, a good old Cornhusker jersey on, you know, like we're just all about community and we're all about, you know, you know, just trying to get everyone to succeed. And I think our and I think we're going to, you know, beat that expectation by a mile. I also think in terms of on the pitch, we're going to be, you know, just based on this first preseason game, we're going to have a lot of high attacking. We're going to have some defense. It's going to be exciting football. So, so not only did, did you play the USL champions last, you're playing the USL runner-up next, right? Tomorrow you've got Louisville City. Uh, I will mention they have uh, two championships in the last three years. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Well, I, I did see them lose this past year, so that, that was one thing. But, easy, uh, <laughs> easy. <laughs> no, um, unfortunately that one's not going to be live-streamed, so we're... Our um, chief operating officer of the club is supposed to be out there live tweeting it. Uh, so that, that's as good as we'll hope. We're, we're just going to you know, maybe turn off our phones for a few hours and hope that we, we came out on top. Um, but it, it's definitely going to be a challenge they've put together. They've actually pulled some players up from USL1 last year. Uh, that did exceptionally well. Um, and you know, I think they're going to give us a run for our money, but hopefully we can... Throw some surprises their way. So, so just so you know, when I first started following Wednesday, 2000, like 11, 12, 13, or maybe even 14, I had to follow through live tweets uh, pretty much every match. So uh, you're all spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> we have listened to a game once in a Bluetooth speaker in a bucket. That was the uh, most advanced technology we've had in a bar. Uh, that wasn't very nice. That was the last day of the season. We almost got relegated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thank God for FM Plus and I follow. Um, guys, really appreciate your time. It's been awesome chatting to you. Uh, wish you all the best um, for the season. Um, so you start March 27th against Inter Miami. Is that right? Officially, Fort Lauderdale oh, FC, Lauderdale. Okay. but they're the they're the two side to uh, Inter Miami FC. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, best of luck, man, and um, we'll keep in touch throughout the season with you guys too. Uh, we are going to finish this uh, uh, interview with uh, a song because uh, I was listening to your podcast and I love the intro to your uh, podcast, which is essentially the, this team has played one game and they already have a recorded song with music uh, and lyrics <laughs> about the club that they just started. Uh, so do you want to set this up? I think it's awesome, so, but um, who are they, and why are they called song? Uh, so the songs by the Broke Loose. Um, as I mentioned, we have our gentleman who's the uh, capo, uh, Corey. Uh, he and his band. This actually was recorded, uh, I believe, early November, less than a month after the the crest reveal. Uh, so we we hadn't even had a player. We didn't have what our first game was, and he and his band got together, recorded this. Uh, just to kind of give the team something to to aspire to. To when the new players came, no, this is how excited they are. You've already got a song and you haven't touched a ball. <laughs> That's right. great. Well, thanks again, guys. This is uh, Broke Loose uh, and the Union Omaha anthem. And now it's time to preview my least favorite fixture on this podcast. It's Birmingham away, Patty. Why are they your least favorite? I don't know. They never play well there. 
it's always play just well a, anywhere at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, generally speaking. So there was a game. I distinctly remember this many years ago, sitting on my parents' porch, listening. I think it was like a midweek game, listening to Birmingham away, and they had some Manchester United youth kid that scored like a hat trick in the first twenty minutes of the game while I was listening to it on the porch. And ever since then, I've hated Birmingham away. I mean, uh, the only thing I think I, I'm right with you in the fact that I don't think we ever get much from Birmingham. Uh, this is the different thing this time is that we've got Gary Monk on our side, and we tend to play okay against Gary Monk's ex clubs. Oh, this was uh, the one where they had like a huge like spat with the current coach there, right? Um, he, this is one he got sacked for from dodgy dealings with his agent, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that in the background too. He's always got some kind of nasty feelings to his previous clubs, Gary Monk. Um, so anyway, uh, Birmingham are doing really well. They're um, they're unbeaten in their last ten games, so they're the inverse Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. Um, they've beaten all the people that we've lost to, like Luton and Barnsley and, <laughs> and Bristol City recently. Um, going back to our last game, when we our first game against uh, Birmingham this season, we drew one-one. If you remember, it was Kadeem Harris that saved us in the 81st minute, and that was as far as my stats research went. So I'm going to hand it over to the stat man. Uh, Evan, uh, any stats for us? Yeah, no, I don't have any stats for you. I've uh, spent multiple minutes looking up stats on Barnsley and Luton and realized, <laughs> oh, there's shit. We should do well. Uh, and we haven't. Um, and, you know, Reading, oh, bang average. Yeah, we should be fine. Nope, nope, down three or lose 3 0. Um, I'm not wasting any more time looking at stats because the bottom line here is we can't beat anyone, so stats don't matter. <laughs> R.I.P. the stat man. <laughs> He's the stat man. You make it sound more funereal, Patty. <laughs> I'll work on it. Patty, where can we watch the Birmingham City game that we just glossed <laughs> just over an entire it. preview of? Guys, that maybe in your bathroom would be best. Yeah. yeah. Um, curled up in bed on your phone uh, with a loved one nearby, just in case. Um, we're not actually meeting up in New York this week because uh, fuck it, we can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think New Orleans are still marching on, bless them. Uh they'll be at Pimbercles and uh yeah, go to uh, Stephen Peck's bar, main view in, because they do other things other than watch Sheffield Wednesday and they have food and stuff and alcohol. So that's a main view in, in North Manchester, Indiana. I'm sure he'll have the game on for you if you so wish to go there. Do we have a national meetup, Patty? It's coming close we <laughs> two weeks. We do still have the national Have you meetup. decided what game you're watching other than the Derby County game? Which you know what, uh, classic Wednesday game are you going to put on instead? I'm thinking at the moment probably the 91 Cup final. We'll watch it 9 a.m. Uh, yeah. I feel like the Leeds 6 0 game is a good. Uh... Yeah, I think that's good. It's up there too. The uh, semi final against United. Uh, they're all contenders, uh, mm. and we should put it to our attendees at the New Orleans meetup on 29th of February, um, of which there are many, yeah. uh, surprisingly. Um, so. Um, it's just such a Wednesday thing to do, anyway. Right? Our first ever national meetup that we've organised. Nobody and wants to watch the game. We we proceed to lose twelve games in a row <laughs> in the lead up to it, so no one wants to go. Um, as I said last week, it'll still be a good party. Uh, we'll try and forget about the actual game uh, and our season and our football team uh, by drinking copious amounts of alcohol. Check out if there's like an Omaha Union or Union Omaha preseason game you can watch instead. That'd be good, yeah. Yeah, all owls, aren't we? You've been listening to episode 92 of the Owls AmeriCast, brought to you by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow live match streaming service. Sign up at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. You can find us at owlsamericas.com, email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com, find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are fellow Wednesday at Rivet and the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Evan is on Twitter, at Ohio Owl. Evan, what, how many ounces is a small pour of bourbon for you? Mm, how tall is a tall glass? <laughs> Depends. Is it a like a snifter? Are we talking an old-fashioned glass, double old-fashioned glass? I believe the term is pint. Pint oh, of yeah, bourbon. 16 ounces, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is about right. 
Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, what is your favorite Mika song? <laughs> Should we give some context to this um, bizarre yeah, Mika side note? I too. try to be like Grace Kelly. That's the one <laughs> Mika song that everyone knows. It's not the best Mika song, but fine. No, I was. I, I thought there was one bit that was more annoying than that one. So me and my wife um, trolled YouTube. Uh, I think it was last night, wasn't it? We had this discovery uh, for the one that I thought it was. And uh, Chelsea did a very similar impression to that, Evan, but it was more annoying. And I think I found it. It was the first thing they did. I can't wait to call something. Love something. Love, 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 love something. Love today. Love. That was it. I think yeah. that was a really annoying one. Hmm. So the, the context is. Al's America's listeners, if you're still listening to this podcast by now, I mean, for God's sake, why? <laughs> We're on to Mika chat now. Uh, Jeff is going to see Mika in the year 2020. Yes. And I know that's not a kind of future statement that we might make from eight years ago. Um, apparently, Mika, the guy that's making music still, uh, is playing Terminal 5, which is one of the biggest <laughs> venues in New York. And Jeff, the most folkiest, indiest person I've yes. met, is a Mika fan. I'm a man of many <laughs> interests, Patty. I wear a coat of many colors. So, you actually buy tickets in the end? I haven't bought them yet. I don't think it's going to sell out because it's a huge fucking venue. And it's Mika. Yeah. yeah. That's what if I'm you've doing. got any Mika fans that uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, please tweet to Jeff because I think he might be on his own. Hmm. I might be. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Peternastro. We'll be back with more Mika chat because it still actually beats talking about this goddamn soccer team next week. Everybody's gonna love today, gonna love today, gonna love today. Everybody's gonna love today, gonna love today. Anyway, you won't.